Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A one, two, three, four. Thanks for listening to this podcast produced by Diddy TV, your source for all things Americana and Roots music. Visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content or download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. Hey folks, I'm Sam Shansky, program director here at Diddy TV. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Our guest this hour is Suzanne Santo. Suzanne's a Los Angeles-based songwriter, best known as one half of the duo, Honey Honey, but whose acclaimed solo work and collaborations with artists like Gary Clark Jr. are earning her fans far and wide. And maybe you're already one of those fans, since you chose this episode. But if not, I'm glad you're here, because Suzanne is an artist you need to know. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation between Amy Wright and Suzanne Santo. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome to Diddy TV. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you're in L.A., right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> What's L.A. like these days? Is everyone hunkered down that you know or? Um, you know, it's well, uh, I mentioned earlier, we're, we're having another heat wave. So it's, um, you know, we just got over the fires. So the, the air quality was really bad. So we actually everyone was inside for a while. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of now that the air quality's improved, there's a lot of walks, hiking, you know, you can, you can go outside and it's such a beautiful place. Um, so it's not too bad. It's not the worst place to be going through COVID. That's for sure. I, I would think not. I mean, I love the weather in California. It's so great. Um, but you grew up in Ohio, right? I did. Yeah. I grew up in Cleveland, which kind of has a similar summer vibe to Memphis. Um, you know, it's got, it's, we, had some pretty muggy, humid summers, which I love and miss, actually. Um, but yeah, you know, you definitely have the four seasons in, in Cleveland. And I'm missing the fall right now. I'm really like, I, all I'm thinking about are peacoats and cider, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I told someone that I actually missed the Memphis mugginess when I wasn't here for a bit. Because I said, there's nothing like walking out at midnight in the middle of the summer with your shorts and t-shirt on. And you're like, it's still a little bit hot, and you kind of like yeah. that. You know, there's a little bit of something that's nostalgic about that. But uh, yeah. but growing up in Ohio, what was that like? Was it you you learned to play the violin at an early age, and music was always kind of a part of your childhood? Or it was, yeah. We my sisters and I took piano lessons from a piano teacher down the street. So you know, my mom would walk us down there, and um, all three of us, like two of us, would have to wait. I remember like just as a kid, like not having the bandwidth of patience 
you know, like if I weren't in there playing, I would just be going crazy having to sit around and wait in the living room until it was my turn for my lesson. But uh, we started piano lessons and yeah, I, I went to a public school up until sixth grade and my parents put me in Catholic school. Um, but uh, at the public school, you we had a beautiful choir and um, in fifth grade, I was given the option to pick an instrument and I picked the violin. And it's so funny because I, I can't imagine my life had I not had that opportunity. And, you know, sadly, a lot of music programs like that are void in a lot of schools, public school systems. So it's something I, I really value. Um, but yeah, I, I really took to it. Um, so I was going between like soccer practice and violin lessons as I got older and my parents owned a restaurant and I worked at the restaurant and it was a, it was a busy childhood. There was not a lot of sitting around. Did you have <laughs> to ever choose between athletics and music? I mean, a lot of boys have to choose between athletics and music right, at some point. Right. Well, you know, I, I actually, when I was 14, I, I started doing some local modeling. So I, I was, you know, like, I actually got pretty busy with it. So I did have to drop soccer, um, mostly because uh, I would show up and I'd just be like covered in bruises from, from games. And they were like, hey, you know, this is a problem. You know, we, we need Suzanne to show up unbruised. <laughs> so <laughs> I, had to, I had to ditch soccer for my modeling career. It was the right choice. <laughs> I think so. I think you did pretty well with the, the modeling career, if I would Please. say so. And, and at 14, they kind of discovered you, right? So you all of a sudden went from just modeling career to acting. It, yeah, I, I actually, I moved to New York City when I was 16, uh, which is something that's, you know, uh, when I look back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe my parents let me do that. But, you know, we were, we're really close and we have always had a shorthand of communication and trust. And uh, it, it was a huge part of my career, like getting to live in that city and, He's just surrounded by creative energy and art and, and just the world that I was not accustomed to, you know, living, growing up in the suburbs of Cleveland. So it was, it was a, it was a big part of my life modeling. And then it was like this bridge to these other things. Was it scary <laughs> to be 16 and in New York and you're really thrust into a adult world at that point, I would assume. Yeah. Um, well, I moved in a week before September 11th, so 2001. So I, I was, uh, it was my second day of school and I, I didn't know anybody. So it was a really just incredibly intense experience just out the gate. Um, but something that was really beautiful about that time was the city really came together. So I didn't have that initial like angry New York experience I was just surrounded by support, which is what New Yorkers were doing for each other at the time. So uh, it was a really interesting time to to enter that city. But uh, yeah, you know, it was hard. And, and I, I do recall I was there for about six months and I didn't have a lot of friends. And I, I wanted to go back to Ohio and, you know, be with my friends. And my parents said, no, they said, you got to stick it out a year. If you want to come back in a year, we'll we'll talk about it and you can come back, but you got to really give this a shot. And, and I did. And then I stayed. So, you know, it was, it, they had some tough love too. <laughs> and it was, it was warranted. Yeah. Those are good parents that kind of, they, I think parents know sometimes when they need to push you a little bit, because I would imagine it would be scary. I 
homesick probably a little bit for your friends oh, and your yeah. family and and all those things yeah. and but what an opportunity it was and when you uh when you started filming some of the TV shows I think you were in Law and Order and some some other Without a Trace and some yeah. other shows thanks for checking it out the old IMDb yeah <laughs> exactly hey I did my research over here yes ma'am um, so uh what was that like I mean what was it, what was it like to the first time you went on a set and you were filming? What was that experience like? It was so long ago. Um, it, you know, back then I, I had this like blind courage that I was just like ready to be anywhere, you know, in, in that respect. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I didn't put in the work for the acting that I probably should have. Um, and I actually recently, uh, have like reopened that area of my life. And I can see this huge difference from when I was younger, when I would just kind of show up and, you know, play the role, uh, as opposed to like really putting in the time and the effort and the energy into, you know, developing a character and, and having this respect for acting. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, so many years later in my life to be doing it again. Um, and to look back and be like, man, I was really lucky, but I took it for granted. I definitely did. Well, it, I think it would be hard not to take it a little for granted when you're that young and yeah. uh, and you're kind of thrust into it. But I find it really fascinating because music must have stayed a big part of your life all through that part of your life where you were acting. Well, you know, I actually put it down for a while. So I, I was... I really stopped playing violin for a couple of years, like in my teens. And I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 uh, with my first love and we broke up oh, no. right when we got here and I had no friends. And I, I like found my roommates on Craigslist. And, and then I, I like, I just started writing the worst songs you've ever heard in your life. And it was like this old, it was like my life raft. Like it wasn't, uh, I didn't have anything else to do. And I was 19. So like I couldn't go to bars you know, I had a fake ID, but I got caught. <laughs> so that sucked. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really had to, it, it almost was like, I didn't have a choice. Like music was just like, just knocking me upside the head. And, you know, the irony is that like, it was such a soul journey. As soon as I got to LA, my roommate, her two friends were this one girl named Leslie, who was a booker who booked me on my first open mic. And I met people that I've, that changed my life that night, like that were just these bridges to other things. And then her other friend was this guy, Todd, who introduced me to Ben from Honey Honey and it started our band. It was just like, you know, I just answered the call. <laughs> were you already playing guitar at that point or? I was, I was, I started around 16. Uh, I took my dad's Alvarez acoustic guitar. It's this beautiful guitar. It's still one of my favorite guitars to this day. And uh, I, I think the first song I ever learned was an India Irie song. And I think it was called Beautiful. I'm not sure. But I, it was like, it was like just a couple, not even full chords. It was just like notes. And I would, I was figuring it out. And then I was hooked. <laughs> what music were you listening to at that age? You know, we we're all kind of you know, I, I was definitely like on the top 40 Cleveland, you know, uh, WMMS. That was our, our station there. Um, 
the buzzard. Uh, so I, I liked like nineties rock. I loved nineties rock, you know, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, stuff like that. But I was definitely, you know, pop music, like, you know, between like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Destiny's Child. Um, also big fan of Incubus. I loved Incubus. Um, but also, you know, my family owned this restaurant and I, and we listened to a lot of traditional jazz. So like, I've always loved, you know, Dean Martin, Rosemary Clooney, Frank Sinatra, that kind of stuff. It's just like, I know them all. What kind of, what kind of restaurant? I have to ask. Italian. Sorry, Italian. Italian. I should have clarified that. Yeah. (laughs) So, So Italian restaurant. You grew up in an Italian restaurant. Do you cook? I do. I do. I love to cook. Not when it's 90 degrees in my apartment, though. Uh, For sure. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of just like going the salad route right now because anytime I turn on my oven, it's just a bad choice. It doesn't work out well. (laughs) So during the pandemic, have you been cooking a lot, doing other things? What are some of the other things you do besides music? I... You know, I've really, I love projects. I've built some furniture with some friends of mine. Uh, I built this really beautiful walnut shelf that took me a while. Um, you know, and I, I did it a, a little backwards. I put it together and then sanded it. So it took a lot longer. Uh, but it was so rewarding. I'm looking at it right now. And, it, you know, I I've made a point to really find the things that, nurture me and feed my soul and you know in the beginning of covid i had my freak out i had my like oh my god am i gonna die alone is my career over all that stuff and i really processed it and i really just found um my footing and and you know my love for myself because that was hard because it's really easy when you're on the road to just go 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 and just be in high gear and you know, avoid certain personal issues. You could just leave them back there and keep going. And, you know, so I had to confront a lot of things and I'm so grateful for it. It it really helped me grow. And (laughs) so with that said, like having quality time with myself and, and, you know, I, I do, I do see some friends, you know, like, and everyone's on the same page with like their safety and getting tested regularly. So, you know, I, I haven't been like entirely alone, which has been nice. Yeah, it is nice to see a few friends. I mean, in the beginning, I didn't see anyone either. And then I thought, I can see a couple of people here and there. And uh, like you said, they're all on the same page. Um, but you can get inside your own head in these situations where, you know, you're si- spending a lot of time alone, and we're used yeah. to being social. We see people all the time, and I don't think I realized how many people I actually see in a week normally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. the butcher, the yeah. baker, and the candlestick maker, yeah. and they're all my friends. <laughs> yeah. Even though we're not yeah. friend friends, I'm seeing them, yeah. and they, we know each other, and all those little social interactions that you miss when you just all of a sudden it stops, and you have to really replace that with something else. And uh, it's nice when you have something you can do like music or cooking or making furniture or something else that sort of, you know, takes up that time. Um, It's really funny to take it for granted. And and now you can see how valuable it is. I made my barista laugh the other day and I was like, wow, like I had this like social interaction that like 
we laughed and then I like got back in my car and you know went home <laughs> but I I was just like beaming I had this like great interaction and you know it's like those little things that are just you know so valuable and it's it's good to recognize that um and also you know in terms of seeing people like um and and being very careful about it I, I get see Los Angeles testing is so easy it's you make your appointment you could right now the testing it's it's really like nobody's getting tested because it's it's quieted down and i'm sure that'll change but it took me five minutes the last time i drove to dodger stadium you swab your mouth and you get your results in 24 hours so i've i've i felt really confident in some of my you know very few social interactions um just with that you know knowledge of like I, i'm good i've been healthy i tested negative all that stuff you know so back to Honey Honey, because um, I love the name Honey Honey. I just like saying Honey Honey. But, uh, Are you an ABBA fan? I, I am an ABBA fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I did the math there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally That's an great. ABBA fan. Um, and what's wrong with that? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, nothing. So, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Right, right. Nothing at all. So um, Honey Honey, uh what was that experience like? You you came out of the gate pretty hard with Honey Honey. The, everything just kind of fell in place pretty quickly, and you guys were putting out albums and, you know, touring um, very fast. You had a record deal, and, you know, that was... We had several record deals. It was, a, it was a lot. It was, you know, it's funny because we never reached that level of, you know, comfort where you're not, like just in the grind of it. You know, we never got out of the van in terms of the bus level. Um, but that's not to say we didn't have a great time and have incredible experiences that were so, that are so valuable to us. Um, but we definitely toured the last record. Uh, we're just getting so burned out. And, you know, and this is public news now. We uh, also started dating like halfway through our Oh, no. 12 years as a band <laughs> together. Yeah, we, we were bandmates for six years before we smooched. And it was like, oh, OK, I guess we're doing this. Um, and, you know, it was a really difficult road for us. And it it um, it ended, you know, in a way that uh, we really needed our space. And, um, you know, we, we put the band down for like two years. And ironically, we reconnected during COVID. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where, Someone in Ben, Ben lives in a house with some other people and one of the uh, housemates was very ill and he didn't have COVID. He actually had a bronchial infection, but like for weeks, everyone thought he had COVID. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, and in the beginning, like I, you didn't know what was going to happen. It was just, there's so many question marks and we still don't know, but I was really worried about Ben and we started chatting and, and we've really worked on this incredible friendship and having him as a friend in my life is, is so special to me. It's, it's like, we really did the work. We really did the healing and we're starting to make music together again. Um, you know, it's kind of like on the back burner cause he has projects. I have my records coming out and my songs that I've been working on, but um, it's been a really great road with honey, honey. And it's, we're in a whole nother chapter we actually started a podcast uh, on Patreon that has been so much fun. And, you know, it's like we have assignments. We, we play new songs every podcast. So it like, just keeps us on our toes. But uh, I, I am so lucky to have 
had Honey Honey as as my first big musical experience. Well, it's great <laughs> that you guys can reconnect creatively. Sometimes a little bit of space and you can get past the relationship side of things and not have to focus on yeah. that and just focus on the parts that really worked. And it sounds like creatively working together worked. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've always had this like incredible connection and, you know, we're like soul family, you know, and it's always shown in the, in the way that we've made music together. And, you know, it, we made incredible music when we were in incredible amounts of pain, you know, not getting along. And now it's really amazing to be making music again that we're proud of and not be in pain. Be like, oh, that whole myth of like, it has to be dark in order for it to be good. That doesn't add up. So <laughs> we're really just, it's, you know, I'm so grateful to have that kind of peace you know, I, I think that it's like we always joke about, I mean, this isn't funny, but it's like we talk about it like it's like our first divorce. Like we were never married, but it feels like, you know, we had to split things up. We had to do all that stuff and have lots of support, lots of therapy and, and you know, spiritual healing. And now we're on like, you know, honey, honey, 2.0 <laughs> or 10.0. I don't know how the points go, but <laughs> Well, so after Honey, Honey, you went out and you're in a solo career and you released your first solo album in 2017 and that went really well. And but, but was that <laughs> scary well. to do it by yourself? Was it oh my do you God, feel yeah. exposed in some sort of way? I leading up to I had some practice here and there, which was helpful, but I I really was like. At first, I was terrified and then. I opened up for Butch Walker uh, and I played in his band. And so I got this, my first experience playing by myself on a stage and like me and a guitar. And like, I remember the first show I like, I was like almost sick before it. I was like, oh, I don't think I can do this. But as soon as I got up there, it was like, you know, same as it always was. You know, I just had to like tell my own jokes if something went wrong and like cover for myself. And I did. And it's really empowering. Um, I, I really needed that. And so did Ben. Ben has also released his own music and it's been really important for both of us. But I, uh, I love it. I have a great band I play with. They're like family to me. And, you know, um, I probably would have released an second record by now if all of this you know hadn't been going on but um it's been interesting to go with it you know to go with the flow of this chaos out there and so far so good you know I, we we held off releasing the fall for that single and i think that it was really meant to come out now so i you know any anxiety i had you know pushing it back it, it's all you know evaporated it's, it feels good to just be going for it. So Fall for That is the name of the song that you just released, right? And yes. with uh, Gary Clark Jr. playing a ripping guitar lead. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still so excited about it. It was, I couldn't, like, he showed up, you know? He, he said, yeah, I want to play on that song. And I just, like, the gratitude, the excitement, because I'm a fan, you know? So it, it was just, it was a surreal day. I, I, it's just one of the coolest things. And the song sounds great. 
Well, it, he just it really does sound together. great. And then <laughs> and 200,000 plus views later, uh, you, that That's must be really nice. gratifying. People are... It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. And, you know, I haven't had this kind of traction before, even with Honey Honey, not, not you know, and it keeps going up, which is really nice. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm glad people are enjoying it. You know, it, it comes from a place that is uh, so relevant right now. And, um, you know, basically, the, I wrote the song in Ireland when I was on tour with Hosier. I just found out that uh, we had like five days off and I wanted to see the country. And, you know, I was primarily in Dublin for rehearsals. So I was really excited to go to the coast. I rented a car. I did the thing. You drive on the left side. I was so scared, but I was just, you know, I'm a big um, pep talk for yourself out loud kind of gal. <laughs> so I'd be like, you got this, Suze. You're okay. You know, like, I just like, there was like certain mantras that they tell you when you get in the car. I can't remember what they were, but they're like posted all over the vehicle. And I would just say them out loud. Um, so I didn't accidentally end up <laughs> in the right lane. <laughs> but I went to this beautiful third generation sheep farm and there was a cabin with a wood burning fireplace for heat. And I went there specifically to write songs and to be alone and just, you know, just kind of just hunker down. And I realized that anytime I picked up my phone and I would scroll mindlessly through a social media app, I would be angry or sad or insecure. And I was like, what is going on? And you know, I realized that like, it, it's just such a powerful force, these, the internet, but social media and how it persuades our feelings. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just falling for this collective anger and it's not mine. I don't want it. I'm in this beautiful, peaceful place. Why am I angry right now? And, you know, the thing is, it's, it's a really scary time for that because, you know, everybody's at odds in these ways that I, I wish we could disagree and still get along. You know, that, that is a goal uh, that I really want in my personal life with my own loved ones. Um, but that's what the song is about. It's, it's about, you know, not falling for this collective anger or whatever it is that's coming at you. That's not yours to adopt. So, and I feel strongly about it and it's still something I have to confront and battle, um, you know, because social media is such a big part of my career. So, when you're kind of like stuck with it and then you're like, Oh my God, like a half an hour just went by and I don't even know what I was doing. Like I just, the more I step away from that, the more um, fulfilling my days are, you know, <laughs> I think it's sometimes just good to put your phone away. I mean, it'll be there in an hour when you go back to it, but it's, it's yeah. very addictive social media. And like you're saying, it's such a big part of promoting your music and you sort of have to do it from that perspective. But on a personal level, you get dragged into all these debates and arguments. And I think that all of a sudden you go from, like you said, a peaceful afternoon to being right. all emotional about something that you can't do anything about uh, necessarily. And and so uh, I, I, I applaud you for putting the phone down and writing a song <laughs> about it. Thank you. Um, well, even then, it's like I started um, putting my phone in the kitchen at night. And I have two kitty cats, and they wake, they're my alarm. When they're ready to eat, they wake me up. Um, but, you know, I made a point to, like, not look at it for a while. Like, start my day with just, you know, make some coffee and 
set my intentions. Sometimes I meditate and, and I just feel so much better. <laughs> and then I approach all the stuff, you know. What's your favorite <laughs> thing about being a, a musical artist? Is it performing or writing the music or do you have a favorite? Hmm. I mean, they're both so rewarding. Um, but I think the sharing it with others is probably my favorite. So playing with, I mean, it's just, yeah, especially now that I don't get to do it. It's, I, it's, it's a really wonderful thing. I hope I can play music for people until I'm really, really old. <laughs> I never want to stop. Well, and you've got a you've got a long career ahead of you. Um, you're an amazing artist, and and 2021, you're thinking about putting out a new album in next year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you already written That'll everything the- for that album, or are you still writing? I keep writing more. I, they just keep coming out, so I'm just gonna add to it. And you know, I might even have two records. I don't know. You know, they just I I'm a yes person right now, so it's just I'm gonna keep going with it, but. Uh, what we do have, I'm really excited to share. I'm really proud of. Uh, there's been a lot of great people that have been a part of it. So, you know, it's uh, we're going to, I guess, figure out when that's going to happen. It's, you know, still going with the flow here. <laughs> well, we have our concert series that we tape here in our studio in Memphis. So oh. when you are back touring again, we would love to have you in the studio and and uh, have your have you perform your new album songs off your new oh album. God. So we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> well, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's great catching up oh with you. God. And we'd Likewise. love to catch up with you periodically here and there. But it was really just great getting to know you. We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Suzanne Santo. Be sure to listen to other Diddy TV podcasts for more from the leaders and legends in the Americana and Roots music scene. And don't forget to visit DiddyTV.com for more exclusive on-demand content and to download the official Diddy TV app from your app store today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.